Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Today's episode is brought to you by ModMed. Do your EHR and PM adapt to your style of practice? The ModMed EHR and PM do, with benefits like remembering preferences and automatically suggesting documentation and billing codes. Urologists voted ModMed the number one urology-specific EHR and PM solution available, built by urologists with input from yours truly. Stop wasting 60 minutes and 200 for each of your open or no-show slot. Go to modmed.com slash prsnetwork. Set up an appointment with the team at ModMed Urology and shift your urology practice into high gear. Imagine a solution on a tablet or the web that works seamlessly with revenue cycle management, analytics, telehealth, payment processing, patient engagement tools, and much more. ModMed is transforming healthcare by placing doctors and patients at the center of care. Welcome to episode 176 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And in today's episode, we're going to answer some questions uh, that have come in to our forum. And we want to see if we can't uh, get some answers and shed some light on the questions that have come in recently. So let's dive right in. Uh, we have a question from Laura, and Laura asks the question, I have multiple providers who want to bill 55867 and 51860 for the same procedure. While there isn't an NCCI edit for these codes, you can see that the prescription, the procedure description includes both the making of an incision in the bladder and later the suture repair. Coding guidelines dictate that since you could not perform the main surgical procedure without the minor one, then the minor one is bundled into the major. As a coder, I don't feel there's support for separate reimbursement when the two codes are routinely billed together. The contention is that there are two ways to do a simple prostatectomy. The first is through the capsule of the prostate gland without a bladder incision. The simple prostatectomy code has traditionally encompassed the first way of making a bladder incision, and if an incision was made, then the cystography was billed. With the addition of the new code specifically for the simple prostatectomy, I would like to, some direction on how these codes should be billed. All right, Mark, you got some guidance for Laura? I do. Um, so uh, first up, uh, you know, Laura's thought process is, um, I think, um, right on the money um, and, and certainly appreciate the question um, and how she's going about her coding. Um, but, you know, if you really look at the 51860, um, the procedure is cystography, suture of bladder wound, injury, or rupture, simple. Um, and it is basic coding tenant that if, uh, in fact, you are using a particular approach to complete a procedure um, or service that you're in and out 
um, relative to that particular procedure should be considered a part of the overall procedure. So correct coding overall um, would typically be the 55867. Um, now, with that being said, um, certainly there is an argument um, that, you know, and if this argument could be made, that there was extra work being done to uh, with the approach relative to the 55867 going through the bladder. Um, if there's extra work being done, then what was intended um, or what is normally provided, we could look at a 22 modifier um, to potentially report those two services overall. Um, and of course, in today's world, um, when we're looking at different payers and different philosophies and how they pay for things, um, there's a certain contingent out there that would say, well, if they're paying for it and we're doing it, let's go for it. Even if the uh, overall coding guidelines don't say that's the way it should be coded. Um, so, um, but I think overall, um, the real issue here is the, the, the issue of the global and the true approach. This is an approach, um, it sounds like. Certainly, if there were a separate injury caused while you're dealing with that, you are allowed to charge for those. Um, but if this was, in fact, part of the approach, the 51860 really should not um, be reported in addition to the 55867. Ray, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree with Mark. Uh, you know, the opening closing of any procedures included in the global and uh, going through the bladder to to do this procedure is a part of the procedure. And, and the compensation for that uh, should be built into it. Uh, if it's not, the compensation for the procedure is, is misaligned. All right. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Uh, the next question came in from Julie, and Julie asks, have you been able to look up what the reimbursement will be for the new CPT code 99459 for the female pelvic exam? All right, yeah, I was able to look that up. Now, because this is a practice expense only code it will not pay any if this is done in a facility so this is an office only code um, and the reimbursement on medicare national is 22 dollars and 26 cents obviously with gypsy adjustments or the geographic cost of practice index you'll see variation from region to region um, but again, the national is 22.26. Ray, any comments? No. Okay. All right. Uh, next question from Amit. Uh, Amit asks, can 51741 
and slash or five one seven nine eight be billed twice on the same day. For example, if a patient does the first Euroflow and the volume is not adequate, and then we have him drink and come back later for a second Euroflow. All right, Mark. What do you got? All right, Scott, that's an interesting question. So um, you can certainly see why you're asking the question um, or why the question is asked. I mean, the 51741 uh, is a, a, a service that requires the equipment to be set up and then cleaned. Um, you got some results um, from that test, but it but as it turned out, they were inadequate. Um, uh, so you can see where the argument is we could with that we'd like to build that twice. Um, and now the five one seven nine eight is yet another one that you you did use the equipment twice. Um, and you know whether or not you're going to get different results from a full bladder versus an empty bladder um, might be an argument you could make. And those are the things that you're going to think about because both the 51741 and the 51798 have a medically unlikely edit of one. Um, now, that, that can be found on coding today if you look just beneath the modifier section. Um, but you'll also notice next to the practitioner services, which indicates the number of times that Medicare would expect to pay that in one day, that there is an adjudication indicator. The three uh, is a clinical edit. It's not a hard data service edit, which means on appeal with appropriate clinical reasoning and documentation, the Medicare could pay more than one uh, service line on that particular date of service. Um, so with the argument that overall um, you got results from both tests and that clinically you didn't have good results, so you wanted to do it a second time and incurred those costs again, uh, you could potentially look at billing both codes, um, 51798 and 51741, and then bill them again on a second line, 51741 and 51798, with modifier 76. Um, the computer will not allow that to, to pay um, based on the medically unlikely edits. So you will have to submit an appeal. Uh, and so your documentation will need to support the medical necessity of providing both services and you might get paid, uh, even with a good argument. Uh, so it is one of those where you could try it, but you're really going to have to balance out what your argument is and overall whether or not you want to run through the process uh, of appealing that and how much time and effort you would like to spend uh, based on the MUEs. Ray, comments. I, I agree with Mark. I think that's the right way to do it. And this is just another example where they have overstepped uh, what has to be done occasionally in order to avoid paying twice for things that there was no medically necessity for. So, and if you're 
in a hospital setting, neither one of these have any work value or work RVUs, correct, Mark? Uh, so the 51798 doesn't, but the 51741, you might remember, has the 26 um, to it. Oh, that's so, right. Yes. So it does have a work value. Um, it's a small one. It is a 0.17. <laughs> well, so. well, there are a lot of moving parts, and I think in this question, we we talked about MUEs, we talked about work values, the 26 and the 76 modifier. And so so you have to consider all that. And as a matter of fact, when we were preparing for this question in this podcast, we had um, probably a good 15-minute discussion on this question. So there's always the gray areas that you have to consider when you're when you're looking at these things and that was a that was a good question and amit thank you for for asking that uh scott before we leave we did mention the 76 modifier but we didn't talk about it the 76 modifier is an informational modifier only and does not pull anything out of a uh bundle but it does tell the payer that you are not uh, that you are charging the the same code twice. In other words, it lets them know that that's not just uh, a mistaken duplicate billing. Good point. Okay. All right. Let's move on to uh, the second question that Amit had. He asked. When billing 51700 for avoiding trial post-op after prostatectomy, which is a 90-day global, is a modifier needed, um, like like the 58? Mark, you want to answer that question? Yeah, so this is a an interesting question again. So uh, absolutely billing for a procedure like a 51700 um, in a post-operative period, a, a modifier would be required. You couldn't just bill that. The only one, the only couple of modifiers, or excuse me, the only couple of procedures that could be potentially billed are those procedures which are diagnostic in nature um, and appropriately classified by Medicare. So, a 51798, which has an XXX um, global, uh, is a potential for billing in a global period without a modifier, as is the 51741, to loop in the question <laughs> that we had previously. So those couple of codes you could uh, that are in the 50,000 series are codes that are not considered technically surgical um, and more uh, diagnostic in nature. And, and those could be charged without a modifier, as could your UAs in the post-operative period. So just a, a, a little bit broader answer to the question there. Um, but the 51700 is a 000 and is considered a procedure. Um, so we would need a modifier um, in order to get paid. 
Um, so that's that's one thing to think about. So, um, but the second issue we've got to consider is the global package, right? And normal follow-up for a TURP would include the patient leaving with a catheter and the uh, voiding trial after that prostatectomy. Um, so uh, I think, and, and certainly when we look at how the values were developed um, for the TURP, um, that would most likely fall, no, that does fall into that global follow-up. And so I think that trying to put that staged or planned modifier, even though that is staged or planned, is really part of the normal global uh, follow-up for a TURP and should not be billed, um, even though you could set the stage for the modifier 58. Ray, comments? Uh, no comment. I think uh, Mark's correct. All right. I, I just got a quick just clarification. So uh, you were mentioning the XXX, like, for example, the, the Euroflow, the 51741, or the PVR, the 51798. If you did that in the global period, you would not put a modifier on that. You just bill it, and that should get paid. Correct. And the because of the XXX, so you got to pay attention. Again, you know, these these little pieces that you have to put together, and you can find all that information in uh, AUA coding today. You can look at what the the classification, the global days, and all that stuff uh, in AUA coding today. It's hard to memorize all that stuff, so it's nice to have a, a quick reference to, to look at all the MUEs, global days, modifiers, de the definitions, and all that stuff. So uh, if you are interested in AUA coding today, we always encourage you to you can go sign up for a free trial. Just go to AUACodingtoday.com and click free trial so you can check it out for yourself. We do in uh, we we all use it in our daily coding uh, at PRS, and we we built it for just this kind of information. All right, that's it for today's episode. Let's get some final thoughts, and uh, then we'll wrap this thing up. Mark, final thoughts. Yeah, so you know the the questions today. A lot of the questions today were really surrounding. Um, the the definition of the global period and the global itself. Um, and that concept of truly understanding what's included in the procedural description um, is important and really is an overriding factor relative to billing and coding. Now, <clears throat> we do have the additional clarifications or the computer clarifications of the NCCI bundling edits. And the computer doesn't have the concept of global. It actually functions based on the NCCI. So as you bill things and you report things, there is there are chances that you will get paid for services that are not uh, really part of that global concept. Um, and that uh, I I feel that we need to put out there that 
do you need to be reminded that just because you got paid doesn't mean you were right? And that just because you got paid doesn't mean that the payer, the rack, or someone else can't come and take that back and actually take further action based on what you should have known based on your understanding of Medicare. So you want to be careful. Um, and, you know, we mentioned earlier today that, you know, some of these MUEs and everything are over-engineered. And so is NCCI. And I, we certainly don't agree with it in all counts. Um, but you can, you, you know, that these particular edits are added into the system to prevent the the couple of point the couple of docs out there that have figured out how to game the system, and Medicare does not uh, look kindly upon those groups that are, you know, actively exploiting the rules um, when they shouldn't be. So do be careful on those things and and understand what you're up against and the potential consequences are. And on the flip side, um, we did talk a little bit about you know, making sure you understand the global concept of what's included and what's not in the post-operative period. And we've definitely seen a number of folks who have decided not to bill UAs and PVRs and Euroflows in the post-operative period, when in fact, those are specifically carved out of the global and should be charged. So uh, again, that understanding of the nuances of the rules um, and how to apply those um, fairly um, is an important concept that we keep trying to to put out there, and and hopefully you found it helpful today. Ray, final thoughts. Yes, earlier in seminars when we first started doing this years and years ago, I used to make the point that when you start talking about the coding rules, you had to leave fairness and logic at the door, it, they didn't apply. Uh, but actually, it they do apply. Logic does in many ways. And as Mark says, you need to understand the basic concepts. If you understand the concepts, then it's easy to understand the rules. Now, they're not always fair because uh, there's many times you're not paid for things that if you look at it from their basic logic, you should get paid. But uh, for some reason, they've chosen to uh, block it. So you need to understand the concepts in, on, in order to truly understand what you should and could do. You know, another example of that, the, uh, f the 517 Zero, zero, I think it was uh, filling of the bladder for the voiding trial. Uh, if you were to take them into a uh, procedure room uh, that would qualify you to use the 78 modifier, you probably could get it paid. But again, from looking at it from the a global standpoint, you shouldn't be paid for that. So understanding the concepts will really make your life and your day 
a lot more comfortable in knowing what you should do each time you come up with one of these questions. All right. All right. Uh, we'll end this here. We once again want to thank ModMed for supporting this episode. Uh, if you're in the market for a practice management system or an EHR, we encourage you to go to modmed.com forward slash PRS network for specials for our audience. Uh, and I again, I again will mention that the registration for New Orleans, uh, our urology advanced coding and reimbursement seminar is open. You can go to prsnetwork.com. It's right there on the homepage. You can click the button that says seminar registration. And for any of the other uh, items that we mentioned, you can go to the page, uh, the, the web page for the episode, which is at prsnetwork.com forward slash 176. All right, that's all we got. Take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juicery. 